Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the NGMI podcast, a show where I discuss crypto with people who know a lot more about it than myself, so I can hopefully pass on some practical information to you guys. Today, I'm speaking with Craig Jackson. He's the co-host of Australia's largest crypto podcast, Crypto Curious. He's a long-term crypto investor and previously the head of growth at the Australian crypto investing platform, Bamboo. In this episode, you'll hear all about Craig's hard-fought lessons in the crypto space, why Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Coinbase are the holy trinity of crypto investment, why having a sell strategy in place ahead of time is crucial to not losing all of your money, and much more. Without further ado, today's guest, Craig Jackson. Craig Jackson, mate, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate having you on. Mate, thanks for having me. Um, this is our third go at the intro, so let's see how we go this time. But episode five, I'm grateful to be in your first few, so thank you. Appreciate it. I always kind of like to ask how people uh, got into crypto. Um, just so love a bit of background on yeah, how you got in, why you're still here as well <laughs> is another another big one. So yeah, run us through. Yeah, my story is not indifferent to anyone else, but I got started early 2017. I was at soccer training. My mate said, have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? And I was like, hmm, no, I haven't. So I got home. I was only 21, so I didn't have much money. Um, bought Bitcoin, I think. Oh, I actually checked the other day. I think it was like 1500 bucks was the first Bitcoin that I bought. Ooh, so early, nice. you know, early days. Um, and yeah, pretty much went all in um, my whole savings account. Um, and I don't know if you were around in 2017, but it was a no. legit, you went around? No, not yet. It was a legit casino. It was like coin jar, which is still around, but virtually every other exchange that you used back in the day is now no longer with us. Bitrex. Cryptopia. Oh, yeah. Um, there was one called Coin Exchange, and it was just like I wasn't even doing any work. I had my first corporate job, and I was in these exchange chat rooms. Um, what they used to do with these exchanges used to have like a little chat bot, like a little chat room, and you'd be in there, like everyone's anonymous, and you would just be pumping these coins with these randoms, and it was just <laughs> insane. And then this was 2017, so. My commute to my office because I, you know, was just at a union, didn't really have a choice, <laughs> a, a lot of yeah. choices to get a job. I had one choice in St. Leonard's. I'm in Campbelltown. If you know where, if you know about Sydney, that is literally opposite ends of Sydney, hour and a half each way. How long is that? Oh, yeah, three hours yuck. a day. So I'm on my laptop just punting these shit coins every single day. Um, yeah. It was like crack. It was bad. Um, and then obviously the top happens in 2017. Um, I did manage to get out um, some of my portfolio back then. Um, mm -hmm. Bought a car, bought an investment property. So did some responsible things with that. And then it's sort of, we thought it was dead. I thought it was over. Everyone thought it was over. And then it's a pretty reasonable assumption at that point in time as well. Like looking at the chart, you'd be like, all right. Pack it up. Yeah, the chart, <laughs> the chart was horrendous. Dude. Like it wasn't many people. Like it did hit the mainstream, but like 
I, yeah, we all thought it was over. And then mm. middle of 2019, you know, you still heard rumblings about it in my sort of group chats and everything like group chats, but you, you know, you're in your own echo chamber. And then 2019, I remember it did have a little run. It was like July, 2019 off the bottom, which in hindsight was probably the start of the next bull. Um, and I remember I was in Europe and it popped again and I thought, if this is not dead, it's kind of inevitable that it has to run again. Like just my own sort of bullish mindset. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so 2019 has a little pop and then obviously COVID kicks off. And then that's when things get really crazy in that 2020 run. DeFi summer, I got rugged, a lot of money trying new protocols. And then I was sort of, so I'm giving you a history lesson right now, but um, no, it's good. I'm, I'm I'm here for it. I was in working in corporate, working at Telstra, and I was like, I've got to get involved in the space. So late 2020, I actually was part of the seed round for Bamboo, which is a crypto like micro investing app. Mm-hmm. So joined them invested in them was pretty much their second first or second full-time employee so me and the ceo um left corporate took a massive pay cut went into the startup world as a growth guy and 2021 happens and it was just like all the stars aligned bitcoin ethereum pretty much ran the whole year and then yeah the rest is history which i'm sure you've probably got into that year as well so been a crazy yeah. crazy few years mine was i showed up i i didn't actually start actively like actively investing until quite recently um i bought like as in i kind of like bought bitcoin ethereum in 2020 because i had mates that were just like obsessed with the blockchains like they were going to like these little very small at the time like blockchain meetup things at like uaw constantly trying to drag me along mm. i was like more into just stocks like i was kind of circling like growth stocks pre-covid and was like yeah just zero percent interest rate things um and we're like (laughs) oh everything goes up i'm a brilliant investor look at me go (laughs) exactly this is easy um but then i honestly didn't start actively investing until uh 2022 really because I was kind of like, I'd been sitting on the sidelines watching. I bought Bitcoin and Ethereum, little bits, watched it run up in 2021 during COVID and was like, okay, that might be something. And then when it all kind of blew off, that's when I was like, I might start dedicating more of my time to this for when it comes mm. back. Yeah. So, And here we are. It's, that's my favorite. It seems to of, be coming back. Yeah, that's my favorite sort of local top signal is meetups. like. If one of my mates are going to a meetup, I'm like, we're getting frothy. Because I, I remember back in 2017 days, the meetups were like 20 people. And then I was in there yep. for, you know, 2021 meetups. Like FTX had a Sydney meetup and it was like people lining up. Like, so yeah, okay. I'm ready. For, yeah. I think it's, you know, when you've been through a few, you start to learn the bear signals the top signals, the bottom signals, and like hopefully this time... That's actually... 
yeah, hopefully this time I've positioned myself accordingly <laughs> so I don't make the same yeah, mistakes okay. I've made before. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like that is interesting. I hadn't heard that signal before of like when you're kind of like retail meetups get huge. Because there's everyone always throws around like the top when Coinbase is number one and all mm. that kind of stuff. Outside of the kind of regular top signal stuff, do you have any others that you that you keep your eye on and think like, uh oh, this is bad? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few just in my life. Like my mum messaging me about crypto pretty much has a hundred percent success rate in selling <laughs> off the next day. Um, I've okay. got just people in my life that. You know, if they start buying, I know it's like my cousin's a teacher. Like if it hits his staff room and he's getting involved, I'm like, okay, it's getting frothy. Um, my mm-hmm. uncle, like he's never been in crypto. He bought Axie like at the top. Like I'm just like, this is insane. Like he didn't even buy Bitcoin ETH. He just bought some Axie Infinity. So like there's people, <laughs> there's just people in my life. But, you know, I talk about this a lot on Twitter and I actually – have a notion and write notes to myself about top signals when they come up and they are different every year. So I think, you know, 2017 was a celebrity stuff. The last cycle was the NFT stuff and maybe, you know, the meetups that we just spoke about. I think this new one will have complete new ones that we haven't saw coming. And another common one that I'm seeing is like a coin booking at the Las Vegas sphere. Like that would be... Oh, yeah. That would be a top signal. Like, you know, we had FTX getting literal stadium rights. Um, Binance got Ronaldo, like, in hindsight. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's pretty It's so nuts. obvious. In hindsight, it's so obvious that it's a top. But, yeah, okay. the Las Vegas so sphere. When I like the, that one. That's actually really good. I see people talking about it as well. Like, man, we have to get a coin on the sphere. And so when that actually, how much, do you know, do you have any idea of how much it bloody costs to get an ad on the sphere? I remember seeing like a lot of dollars. Yeah, I'm not sure, but Ansem, who's on, he's the new Mm. Twitter. He's, you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about booking it for Dog With Hat, which is a meme coin on Seoul. And, you know, there's key players every ball. Like last was probably Kobe and the Up Only podcast. That was a huge player. He's off the radar. So I think, you know, Ansem on Twitter, quarter of a million followers, you know, he's going to have a big part in this ball. Like in terms of the, like if he does something like that, that could, that could be a, like send a serious inflow of capital and a blow off top. So think it's always worth noting who the key players are each ball yeah ansem looks to be kind of this cycles kind of messiah at this point there's yeah he's absolutely blown up it was with the you know soul trade at the end of last year he did get a good vindication to be like told you <laughs> yeah the soul trade yeah it's so obvious yeah i had i had solana shield to me at uh, a dinner at it was below twenty dollars at that dinner and and a friend of mine who I do like another podcast with the Brotato Capital pod he uh he was like yeah I just bought a shitload and it's 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 coming soon so do with that what you will and I was like ah oh, don't know FTX but estate you, you know, totally, yeah, people totally mid-curved it yeah yeah but you don't like 
Yeah, there's there's the there's the argument on the other side that Solana was the most bearish asset for a long time. It had no users on it. I remember talking to Solana protocols. They were going to come to ETH because no one was on Solana. Rollbit moved from Solana to ETH. F- FTX estate was selling. It got smashed. Like, you look at the chart. Like, are you going to make a big play in that? Like, it's a big move. And, you know, even, yep. you know, you could argue that it's outran so hard because it dumped so hard. So it's starting from a lower base than, you know, compared to your ETH, which didn't really dump that bad compared to the others. Yeah. It's that like repricing thesis of like this is now more at fair value for what it should be after it got decimated last year. But mm. yeah, no, it was that I was joking. Like it was at $16 and I was just taking the view of like, oh, I'll put stink bids on at $8, haha, and then proceeded to watch it run to like 120 on Christmas. And I was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, and how, how do you think I feel? I was on my podcast and I said Solana's the most obvious trade of the year like, and didn't even buy any because I'm like, oh, we'll get another chance at $5. Like, Just completely faded yeah. it. But, yeah, There's nothing worse it. than giving advice and not taking it and being like, oh, if I'd listened to myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's like tough pill to swallow because I had Sol mm. when it first launched. I had thousands of Solana when it first launched, like pennies on the dollar. And then I'm looking at it now and I'm like, you know, that mindset, oh, if I held it this, you know, I would be, I would have X amount of millions, which is such yeah. a toxic way to think about things. Yeah. Speaking of shitty ways of thinking about things, what do you see as some of the most like, I don't know, you can go either side, but like overrated or underrated approaches to crypto investing? Like maybe from your own experience, like things that you've done, things that you haven't done that you wish you did, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the most overrated thing, especially if you're new, is over trading or trying to outpick the market. Like sometimes the narrative that pops up, you know, you have to buy back higher. Like you have to buy higher because you're buying into a narrative. And I think one of the things that I've learned is, you know, when Solana popped from $8 to $40, still a good trade at $40. But when you're looking at it and you've just seen it's done a 5X and you're like, you know, it's already done a 5X. Like, I don't know if I should buy it. Like, I think you need to left curve some of that stuff. Um, And, you know, you're not early, early, but you're you're still in the trade. And like, we've seen this play out multiple times where like I've looked at an asset, it's done a 10X from the bottom. And you think to yourself, nah, I don't want to, it's gone up, gone up too high. But like, if you zoom out in retrospective, it's, you know, there's a, so I'll give you an example right now. There's a coin called Sovereign, which is a Bitcoin DeFi coin. I was looking mm. at it, it was like 20 cent, 20 million market cap. It's had a huge run now. It's at 80 million market cap. Like you're buying into a Forex rally, but like if your target is, way higher like does it really matter like if you're positioning yourself for q4 you know you have to buy back higher so i think that's probably an underrated piece of advice um Mm. and i think you know this is probably what everyone says but like if you don't have a stable set like allocation to bitcoin eth 
or even Coinbase, they're probably the three that I would say is like the trinity of crypto for this next bull. I mean, you've got to have 60, 70% of that comfy and then you can sort of work to mm. find narratives and try to out-trade the market. But, you know, if you're all in on complete garbage, you have to be A, willing to hold it to Q4 for the blow-off top or B, mm -hmm. you have to have that much conviction that you can swallow a 90% drawdown and still hold because that's the reality. Like if you went in at Solana, like at 50 bucks, you had to swallow the next bear back down to eight bucks and now you'll, you'd be up again. So it's like, wouldn't even do that, to be honest. I'd just keep a solid foundation yep. of the three, one of the three, and then go from there. So your thoughts are kind of for this year anyway, like blow off top around Q4? Yeah, so this is the the rumblings of I'm in the camp of the, it's called the left translated cycle. I don't know if you've heard about this or the left. Yeah. I'm somewhat familiar, called. but I'd love for you to explain. Yeah, so it's pretty much the notion and the um, view that the real top of the last cycle was in May and the four-year cycle so like so on point and it happens every time. So if you think it's in May, then you know we're of the belief that it started early this time because of potentially the ETF catalyst, um, probably the quicker bear because of FTX and that sell-off, like proper peak fear happened a lot quicker than 2017. And 2017, it dragged out for a long time, whereas this, I feel like it was quite quite quick in retrospective of terms of like Celsius, Luna, FTX all happened in the same three months, like same quarter. So I yeah. think the top will come in Q4 just because I think the last cycle probably topped earlier and this cycle started earlier. And I'm willing to be wrong. Like I'm willing to sell too early because you know, I've positioned myself the last bear market of pretty much allocating at the lows. So now I'm like probably going to take profits out a lot earlier than other people might. Mm, okay. Damn. That's interesting. So you think halving, because there has been that kind of consensus of like, fuck, we are front running the halving pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so you well, I think, think, you know, like, these, the insto inflow for Bitcoin is insane. It's Bitcoin's 50K and the Google trends and everything for Bitcoin still low. So this is an, this is the first institutionally led bull market, which, you know, you look at ETH coming up as well. Like that is the most, in my opinion, not financial advice, this and that. It is the most obvious trade of the year. I think Ethereum is because I think it's catching everyone offside. It's been the lagger. It lags every bear. It lags every bull market. It always, it always shoots up late. Polymarket, the odds platform on Polygon, has the Ethereum ETF at 40% chance of approval. It had Bitcoin at 80%. So even the speculators could be offside. Everyone's in Solana. Everyone's in Bitcoin. Mm. You know, we could live in a world where Ethereum gets approved and that could... And, you know, when Ethereum pumps, that could actually bring the top even more forward to Q3, potentially. I don't know. We're just all guessing at this point. True. Especially, so, do you think that like, because it's being institution led this time, like that, that kind of makes me think that there'd be 
and again, maybe I'm left curving it, but I'm like, because you got your institution led buying and there's way less retail froth, I hope. Um, do you think that could kind of drag out the le- like the the length of the run in the sense that it like it has more chance to actually build up a solid foundation of kind of core money of suits buying and being like, well, adding it to the ETF for fucking 10 years and we'll think about it later. And then retail comes in really sends yeah. it fucking stupid and then <laughs> it kind of chills out later. That's like that's kind of like my very, very not intelligent thoughts on it. <laughs> Well, that could look. That's the thing. That could happen. We we are in really uncharted waters right now with the institutional part of the cycle that we've like never experienced. Like you're right. What if Bitcoin, Ethereum are both ETFs? They're both getting steady, ridiculous inflow every month. Like, would that just? It can't go up forever, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> there has to be a point where. You know, maybe it's the initial, it's launch, everyone's excited, everyone's allocated, and then maybe it has a little bit of a correction. But you're right, mm. it's it's insane. And we were talking about this the other day in one of the group chats that like, could you just see Bitcoin and ETH be the only two that hit all the highs because they're getting all the insto inflow? And, you know, you might just see little pockets of retail pump dog with hat or pump DeFi, like so these narratives mm. are like they're all up all up in the air but i think you know a good a good piece of advice like if you're just starting and you're really taking it seriously is just taking notes like writing yourself the case for that on a on a piece of paper and then sort of revisiting it every few months or every month or whatever it is and then sort of challenging your own thesis Cause you can get caught up, especially like me and you, like you're in it every day. Like you don't yeah. like, so am I. So like you see it and you sort of, you're in the weeds. You don't really understand it at a macro. So I think that's a good accountability tool that you could use for sure. Yeah, definitely. I saw someone, and this is more like specific kind of info that I got recently from someone that I was like, that's fantastic. But it was essentially like, if you're looking at, at um, protocols like if you're looking at newish things newer narratives try to not go to twitter at all like especially if you're looking at investing in it and actually just look at its website look at all the information you can get on it and try and generate a number that it would be worth of your own accord mm. um, and and just try and like lock yourself in a room don't like access anyone else's opinion try and come up with that number by yourself and then see what it is actually compared to either market cap or FDB, depending on whether you think it's a meme or not. But yeah, yeah, have a look. And if there's a huge difference between your number, you're either wrong or you might be onto something. But I just thought that was a really interesting little starting point for like, because mm. it's so easy in bull and bear to get waylaid by other people's like, it's, a, a, I don't know, Bitcoin, like a million is FUD. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I'm sure Michael Saylor agrees, but like yeah. it's so easy to come across opinions that you're just like, come on, man. And I yeah. feel like retail in like proper crazy bull market comes in and they see all this shit on Twitter of like, it's going to whatever imaginary number and everyone's like, it's possible. So, Do you think yeah, retail's no. using Twitter? I think 
That's a. I think that there's a lot of. I saw someone refer to it as uh, anyone on Twitter now in crypto Twitter is sophisticated retail, which I thought was yes, a, I would agree a with funny, that. A funny caveat, and I was like, that's cool. Um, I don't know. Like, I live my life and get all my info for better or for worse from Twitter. I don't think that retail would necessarily find Twitter straight away. I think that. From what I went to Oz CryptoCon with a couple of the guys um, from Brotato Capital, and we were just we were chatting with a lot of people that were I was like, oh yeah, this guy on Twitter, and these were like older, like early forties kind of people that were like running stalls for products, and they're like Twitter. And I was like, what? How yeah, see, so I'm. How do you not like, know about the- crypto Twitter? And it was this entire thing of like, oh, YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So you think that, like, I mean, that's my humble opinion is that retail will be YouTube, Instagram, which terrifies me. Well, I think it's Twitter for, as you said, sophisticated. YouTube is huge and the garbage on YouTube Mm. is insane. But like, funny enough, they're the ones that could do really well is the ones that BitBoy shilling, shilling like hex or something <laughs> and then tiktok as well yeah. like you can't fade tiktok i forgot people, about tiktok people... i try and i try and delete it from my mind because it makes me sad as kind of like a tech doomer in that regard but yeah whoa, i forgot that that's especially if zoom has come in and they're frustrated well, about like, not being able to buy houses there's like data that says like zoomers are using t- tiktok as google they're searching you know, they search mm. recipes, they search travel, they search investment, like they go on Twitter, they go on TikTok, sorry, and they search it. Can you, like, that's a legit behavior that they're doing. So it's probably like three stages. There's like the noobs on TikTok, the semi-noobs mm-hmm. on YouTube, and then like the noobs that have been in there for a while on Twitter. So all three, like I'm trying to find a site and let me know if you have it. That's like Google Trends, but TikTok Trends. Like you can see, oh, you can search oh, a search term and be, see. Yeah, that would be cool, eh? That is something. That would be very, very good data to have in yeah. in Bull. Jesus, true. Especially if you're of the thesis that younger people are also going to come in as well. Because I know that blockchain god 69 aka sticks on twitter is huge that's his entire like not his entire thesis but it's a huge part of his idea he's just like he's on the younger side so i think he's like 24 25 but he's like oh there's no way that zoomers don't come in and oh they will 100 like, percent. They they, once they figure out they can gamble on internet ponzi's it's like shit here we go so well what's really yeah. their path to home ownership or any sort of What's the path like? <laughs> you kind of have to. You, you need to. You, you need to go a little bit high risk. Like, and if you zoom out, mm. like, at the end of the day, it's the it's the big it's the birth of an asset class. That's what this is. So, this only comes around every hundred years. What hundred years stocks? Maybe a hundred years before that, property. Then maybe bonds. Now. Then you had the internet dot com boom, but well, that wasn't really an asset class, more so an industry. So this is a yeah, whole exactly. other thing. This... Like, so you know, I, if you're yeah, like yeah. we're we're probably the same age in in 
20 years or whatever, when we actually have money, like we're not going to be buying gold. We're buying Bitcoin for sure. So if that's the trend, then, you know. Yeah. No, I am of that, of that thesis as well of just, I, for a long time watched kind of cautiously at crypto because I was in all honesty, I was mid curving the shit out of it. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand. Like I came from a background of like reading quarterly earnings reports and I was like, yeah, there's no revenues. I, <laughs> I can't value this. What do I, what do I do with it? And so I kind of avoided it for a long time mm. and didn't understand that, you know, the dynamics of it more looking like a commodity or the fact that it's actually just essentially it's a new paradigm. And I know that that's kind of a meme in and of itself. And I'd be happy to, to be some cops, some shit for some tradfi guys for that. But I do think it is, it's a so new paradigm of, of assets. If you're TradFi, then are you just like the biggest bull for Coinbase? Oh no, this is this is I'm reformed. I'm fully reformed. I'm now, I'm now an because on-chain I, gambler. Because I said, because <laughs> I said, like, I think in our yearly predictions on my show, Crypto Curious, I was saying like we could be in a world where we could be in a situation where Coinbase outperforms Bitcoin and ETH, and it actually has over the last. 12 mm. months or so like i think it's maybe on par or like it's around bitcoin but i've three x it like i bought it at 60 now it's like 180 or something so nice. there could there could be a world where like the best performing crypto asset is coinbase like that there could is happen. no second best <laughs> yeah <laughs> need coinbase sailor what i mean and I'd, I'd think that there's good reason to be extremely bullish on coin right now because I mean, Q4 earnings came out and it came out what, like a 200 mil rev over, um, beat EPS very well. And that was just Q4. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't even for the ETF launch or anything. Hasn't accounted for ETF, hasn't accounted for volume from the last, you know, 48 days, 49 days. So it's like Q1 for coin earnings is going to be insane. Yeah. It does look like the stock to, to have on. Their fees are daylight robbery as well, and they're still capturing more market. Like someone posted the other day, I'm trying to find out what the fees were. It was like four percent or yeah, something. Yeah, four percent. Simo being like, it's four percent on Coinbase. I was like, it's daylight robbery. Man. Oh, it's insane. Is that? Do you reckon that they have that because they're like the premium crypto brand, and they're like, well, everyone else is a danger and could be scammy, but. But not us. We have that security, so you cop a four percent fee for buying with us. Yeah, well, Brian Armstrong pretty much spent a year in Washington, like getting all these suits on side. Mm-hmm. He's obviously got not him, but his his two biggest competitors, Binance and FTX, are legit in the toilet in the US. So they've obviously captured all them. Their marketing is preem. Mm-hmm. Their brand is preem. So. You know, they can get away with charging four yeah. percent. It's like Apple charging twice as much as an Android phone. Like, yep. And look at Apple's market cap. Yeah, so exactly. So they have captured, and they didn't even have to do much in the way of like you know agro tactics. It was just let everyone else fuck up and <laughs> just go down the toilet essentially. Like CZ is his April his hearings postponed until April, but he could be looking at eighteen months prison, man. Wow, which is which is crazy. crazy. It's like that's 
formerly the CEO of Binance. God damn. I mean, a lot of people did see it coming. So, but at the same time, it is it is wild that SBF jail, CZ possibly jail. Mm. Like, damn. And that's like it's crazy, like how the meta of the last cycle is completely going to be different because the big players Mm. are either in jail or they've taken (laughs) sabbaticals. Like three arrows gone. Luna, who's the guy that was shout out to the hat. Three arrows, yeah. Shout out to the <laughs> shout out to the merch. SBF, yeah. jail. Like these new, you know, these new sort of characters, they seem to be like your Larry Finks, your Kathy Woods, your on Twitter, your Ansoms. So I think it's always worth noting who these players, who the next meta is for this cycle, because yeah, it's pretty much all been washed out from the last one. And I feel like all the Ponzi-nomic models, like there'll still be new forms of Ponzi-nomics. Like I'm not sure if the ERC-404 stuff is yet or not like that. There's lots of new things that I think will be trends that will eventually come undone and people will be left going, oh, how did we not see it? And it's like "Mm, reasonably clear. But again, that's what risk is for. You know, you can Mm. make a bet that it's not and that it's legitimate and you can be right and be rewarded for it. But you can also be on the other side of that trade. But I do also feel as though like that institutional, all of the lending stuff from last cycle of like, we'll give you 20% yield. You just got to lend your shit is now that meta's done. Yeah. Like you can't, you could not be a lender in this cycle. And I think that that's, well, in, in that kind of sense. And I think that that's going to be very bullish for crypto in general, in the sense that there's a lot more sensible behavior Obviously, on DeFi itself, your APYs can run up to whatever the hell they please. Uh, but from those centralized providers, not luring people in with like, this is the future of France, 30% yield on shit that you're like, what? So, no. Like even like that flywheel Olympus of the last cycle, 3,000%. Like I had friends that used to be like big wigs at JP Morgan and tried to fire like legit buying olympus and like not understanding that it's a complete ponzi flywheel and that we'll have to like the music will stop so it's like even like the sophisticateds can get caught up in this you know get caught up in the green well i do think that the meme of like if you don't know where the yield's coming from you're you are the yield i feel like that instantiated itself so well in crypto people that no one like does that shit anymore they're just like yeah "Uh -uh." it's done yeah I'm sure there'll be stupid mania where people do just start lending their shit for whatever, but that core behavior of, oh, I can put my Bitcoin here and get 30% APY. It's like, mm. that's hopefully that's done. Yeah, um, let's hope so. But yeah, man, what are your kind of thoughts on, like, we've got Bitcoin, ETH, because you you were, you know, head of growth for Bamboo. So you're like, I imagine that you're partial to this idea of like DCA Bitcoin, ETH. Uh, yeah just have some and you mentioned the trinity before of bitcoin eth coinbase any alts that you look at this cycle and think like fuck yeah um (laughs) (laughs) time to shill your bags man (laughs) time to shill um yeah like as i said yeah so the three that i sort of like coinbase bitcoin eth that's what i'm comfortable buying but obviously the narrative of different things will pop up that I will get access to, but the narratives could be flash in the pans. Like 
they could or they could be actual things and i think another thing is one of them is bitcoin DeFi. so you know you've seen so much value now in bitcoin literally a trillion dollars like how are people going to borrow against it how are you going to trade on bitcoin like in the ecosystem so obviously like stacks layer two bitcoin sovereign bitcoin DeFi. you can borrow against your bitcoin without needing to sell it kind of like the Aave of the bitcoin chain um obviously solana and that ecosystem will have some sort of interest and i think there's a new one mm. now called decentralized infrastructure that simo or ben was talking about um this sort of coin called honey hive mapper the d pin thing yeah the yeah, d pin yeah. thing which is like you know you and me can put in this little device in our cars and just drive around provide data to them they can provide live map infrastructure we get paid in tokens for it like that sort of idea like i really like that idea like you can see that getting some traction in the future mm. um obviously like the layer two space arbitrum optimism base blast like i think if layer two hasn't really had its day in the sun just yet so like yeah mainly you know if i think listen to myself back like those infrastructure projects like that is something that i'm really involved in but like maybe on the sexier side like games gaming mm-hmm. um i'm like i'm not that much of a gamer but like i don't mind jumping on playing some fifa playing some four guys or whatever it is so i think the next triple a rated game whether it's Alluvium or whether it's Star Atlas, like the trailers look amazing, but you know, let's let's see if they can execute. Like Alluvium, especially, like I played that at the CryptoCon a few years ago, like their beta, and I was like, wow, like I can see this becoming a household game. And like the gaming of the Zoomers at the moment yeah. is insane. So like that's probably the sort of the main narratives that I'm looking out for this cycle. Yeah, no. I agree. I'm I'm glad you mentioned um, like layer twos on Bitcoin. Cause I just think that's the most obvious next step of like, you have all of these suits coming in, looking at BTC. Like, uh, do we really think that they're going to stop at the like up heavy orange rock? Good part of the thesis. Many of mm. them will and just put it in the books and be like, cool, that's good. It's we've got the ETF. Thank you. But I do think there's going to be a lot of interest for like, oh, but like what's the utility on Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, and stacks is stacks is something that, you know, I have a couple of friends that think very, very highly of of stacks. Um, they've got their Nakamoto upgrade coming um, around the halving. I'm not specific, like I don't have specific dates, but at the moment the stacks the stacks network, have you used it much? I've I've got the wallet and I've used it and like into like interacted with it. Um Yeah. Yeah. The Stacks Eco was the Alex. Yeah, Dex. Alex Lab. Was, like, yeah. It took me yeah. 45 minutes to send a. I was buying some Stacks meme coins because that's that's where I'm at. That's the meta. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. the meta. <laughs> I do think that meme coins on unknown chains are. Uh, that's fun meta of like going to random ones and being like, what's the meme coin of this thing? If you think yeah. that it's going to pop again in the future, just being like, tiny bit yeah. 
tiny yeah. bid and just like it's a lottery ticket in my opinion of just like well we've got that well, that's the that's yeah that's the thesis to look at it like it is a lottery ticket I, i've been burnt so many times like arbitrum i lost like remember i was like one of the first people to bridge to arbitrum bridge with an eth put 0.1 in to like 10 projects literally none of them rugged <laughs> horrible well done. conversion rate but then i got i got the airdrop yeah. for doing that so i mean is what it is and that dude airdrop meta for this year as well um is pretty it looks pretty nice at the moment like just that this kind of i'm writing like kind of a thing on just liquid staking stuff um for airdrops because there's a mm. lot of them that have either confirmed in so many words or uh confirmed outright of like if you stake with us you'll get a token yeah um, and that does well, seem to be that's like probably the... like a really good piece of advice like if you are starting and don't have any cash or any like just start airdrop farming like learn the art of airdropping and it's going to take time it's going to take probably every sunday for the next month but like jumping in there because I've been lucky enough to get a few airdrops like almost accidentally, like not really planning to get it, but just playing around with something. And then a year later, like you get a couple of thousand tokens and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Airdrops, are they feel imaginary until they're not. Yeah. Like the dime, the dimension airdrop that came from Tia staking. Um, like a couple of friends got huge. Well, depending on, you know, your position, um, but relatively significant drops. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> what is this? And I think that that is such a, that is such a funny thing with crypto where people in normie kind of circles, don't mean that degradingly, um, but just not in crypto. So if anything, better circles have this idea of like, oh, you know, I do this with my credit card. I get these points and then I, you know, save money on these things. It's like, if you put in that same amount of effort, just on one chain, you could probably like earn yourself a significant amount of capital. So yeah, airdrop farming, yeah. underrated. Yeah. And it's just, the thing is got to be locked tight though. Like you can easily get rugged. Like if you're new to the space and you're trying to get a scroll MetaMask wallet and you're trying to stake on <laughs> scroll, like, dude, that's, that's gnarly. Yeah. I say that and then think about how long it took me to feel comfortable doing shit on mm. chain. And then the amount of times that I've sent, luckily only small amounts to things where I've gone like, huh, why isn't that showing up? And then I've gone, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's on the wrong chain. <laughs> oh. The cost of being early. Yeah. I've sent like a couple of, transactions now i've sent definitely over a few grand to things that are never coming back yeah it's like well, oh well but yeah um classic dude bullish or kind of like what what are your thoughts on nfts this cycle <laughs> um pudgies wow i i the pudgy trade, who knew that would be the trade? I got it, but flipped it for like a 4X and now it's done a 20X. So oh. obviously these pudgies are like, they kind of look like they're the new meta. They just flipped Bored Ape 
the 28th. The flapping. Yeah. The flapping. Obviously, retail's priced out. But um, for me, I think NFTs, like, I just. It just, I just don't, I can't see it being another, another meta, another alpha that's going to happen again. Like I just, when something ran that hard and people were paying 400 grand for a board ape, like how do you possibly get more frothy than that? Like, so from my opinion, like I'm not touching it for this cycle. I actually passed on the quantum cats on Bitcoin, got a whitelist. They were sort of piss fighting around, delayed the mint like three or four times. It was like four grand to mint one. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm just going to stack the, the three Bitcoin, ETH, coin, NFTs. I'm, I'm happy to miss out on the noise. But in saying that, like the gaming ones like Alluvium with their Alluviters or whatever they're called and their land and stuff, yeah. like I get that. Alluvitars. Like, Alluvitars, yeah. Like I get, I can see the sort of the use case there. So I'd be probably interested in that when that starts to develop. But the profile picture ones, I think they're more or less done. Unless you're yeah. pudgy penguins and you're in Walmart and you're sort of giving your users the ability to license the penguins to like make products. Like that's cool. But I think 99.5% of them are just garbage. Yep. Dude, I feel like it's... Yeah, I agree. Like if you have gaming kind of adjacent um, NFTs, things that have, and I feel like such, I feel like I'm mid-curving it here, but things <laughs> that have a clear value thesis to, to everyday people of like, oh, I'd buy that picture. It's worth that much. But yeah, yeah the PFP matter of just like, fuck it. It's this picture of a frog and it's worth $100,000. Why? No clue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to be wrong. Uh, maybe I wouldn't, but I do think that there'll be some speculation just because it's numbers go up and you'll see like a collection, but this idea of, yeah, a board ape, what, 400, what, no, it wasn't 400, it was like 150 ETH at its peak. Yeah, it was, but I mean, it was fucked ETH up. was also worth like nearly four something K. So it's like yeah. half a million dollars for that picture. I was chatting with a guy recently, um, Dark Forest Cat from Tangent. And he didn't mint board apes because he thought they were ugly. Like he was on, <laughs> on the website, and he's like, "Yeah, what is this?" But like, even even if you <laughs> did, even if to you be like, oh. even if you did mint one, you're not holding it till you're you're selling it at five ETH. Like you're not like get that out of your head. Like if you oh if I bought it, I would have had this. Like no, you wouldn't have. You would have sold it for a five X, and like it's a wasted <laughs> thought. But in saying that, like just on board apes, like. These these companies are doing it very well. Where like Yuga Labs, they raise the capital at the top of the ball. They're probably sitting on an absolute war chest. Like they just acquired Moonbirds. Yeah. Like why? They're like hiring for developers. Like they make they seem to be making a game. So like, I don't want to fade Yuga Labs itself. Like I think yeah, definitely don't want to fade that. But I think yeah, the board apes being hundred ETH is just insane for it to happen again. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Um, and they'll I feel spin like up, they'll spin up new Ponzi's and new assets and new stuff to get money from people. They're not going to try to repump their board apes. It's the rotation. Oh, down bad. Dude, it's not good. I don't think I've heard anyone share a thesis of like, yep, board apes, it's a good time. It's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
Board Apes, like Yuga Labs Eco, maybe. Board Ape? Not good. Yeah. Not oh, good. Man. Yeah, no, I feel like that's that's the case. Gaming things make sense because they're in-game assets that you own. Everyone could be like, yeah, okay, that's reasonable. But this idea of, yeah, cartoon profile pictures, nay. For sure. Man, before we wrap up, I would like to ask if you had one, like I'm going to steal this blatantly from like the end of Up Only, but they had like that little section of like alpha share of like oh, one yeah. little thing that you'd, that you'd leave with, that you'd leave with people. I don't know, even to like your younger self or something cliche like that. But like, what would it be if you had if you had one little thing that you're like, okay. Piece of advice for my younger self or people in their first or second cycle is you need to have a sales strategy. You need to realize when enough's enough and you need to treat this for what it is. It's a highly speculative asset class where you can make outsized returns, but you can also lose everything. So, you don't have to lose everything, but like you can, you have to cop a significant drawdown. So I think, you know, this cycle, I've really made it my priority to keep myself in check. I have an accountability partner, um, Elliot, where we sort of in the next Q3 and four, we ca- we'll catch up every fortnight or every month and we'll just check on our portfolio. Like we will tell each other everything. So I think, you know, the first two cycles, I felt like I sort of was a lone soldier a little bit. Um, so I think an accountability partner and having a sales strategy and keeping your future self accountable for when the greed is at all time high. And you're like, you know, maybe you've, your goal is 100,000 and you're at 70,000. You're like, oh, like I'm so close. But like, they're just imaginary. Like the, the, the market's not going to go there just because that's your target. Like you need to be like sort of, realistic and take things a bit earlier so yeah that's what i would say mine beautiful very, that's very actually, boring very boring but no 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 extremely solid advice especially like this kind of stage so yeah because everyone loves to think what they'd oh you know exactly what you said before with board apes of like oh you know if i held it to blah and it's like dude just ha- like don't let that bog you down actually have a target where you're like okay and leaving life like life-changing money on the table is just so silly but so easy to do yeah. in the moment so no i think that's ideal yeah mate for sure thanks so much for coming on that was bloody awesome thank you mate cheers good luck with the rest of the episodes hey cheers man Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, if you've enjoyed the NGMI podcast, make sure to give this channel a like and subscribe. I'm still in the early stages of building out this YouTube channel, podcast, whole thing. So every little bit of support helps. Um, if you're interested in hearing more about the crypto market in relatively high detail, I write a weekly newsletter called the NGMI newsletter. You just type that into Google. It should come up. And that's where I put my own thoughts and details and drag in everyone else's analysis for the week. So hopefully you find that useful if you're looking for more info. Um, If not, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.